0: Welcome to our second episode of I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm Ben McMurray here with
1: Maria Summers and
2: Juan Escalante.
0: Yes. We're we're so excited about today's topic, which is teacher emotion. Um, So I did a little bit of looking around in some of the literature and I found a few little things that I kind of wanted to start off with. Um, There was a book called The Emotional Roller Coaster of Language Teaching. First of all, that title is interesting, right? During the day, we might have different emotions uh, with our students. Um, But the book is based on the premise that teaching is not just about the transmission of academic knowledge, but also about inspiring students, building rapport with them, creating relationships based on empathy and trust, being patient, and most importantly, controlling one's own emotions. And being able to influence student emotions in a positive way. So there's a lot of things there, but it's more than just teaching. Teaching is more than just teaching the subject or the language. It's about emotion. Uh, Some of the other things that they talked about with um, in this book. Sorry, I'm not giving a book report. I'm actually, (laughs) hopefully, this will have some good conversation. But talks about how relevant to language teachers we have emotional labor, burnout, emotional regulation, resilience, emotional intelligence, well-being, tons of other topics that have to do with this. So our topic today is teacher emotion. So maybe we should start with a question. Um, When you think of teacher emotions, Juan, what do you think of?
2: Uh, I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is patience. I think out of all the emotions that teachers have that's the one that I probably struggle with the most being patient Um, and I realize that at times it has to do with whatever's going on in my personal life or whatever I have going on at work like if I have you know a ton of work backed up that I haven't gotten into sometimes I go into the classroom and my patience is already low and sometimes it doesn't take very much to just kind of um, deplete whatever patience I had left. And I struggle at times with making sure that I don't just explode in class and, you know, create a, a, a scene that nobody wants to be part of.
0: <laughs> create a scene. Okay, considering how tranquil Juan is during I this, know. can you picture him exploding? No, no not at all. I,
2: you know what? I'm glad we're doing this. Yesterday was an awful day for me. I had feelings of anxiety and stress and just very overwhelmed and annoyed. I met with one of my good friends here and we had a meeting scheduled for later that day and he walked into my office and I told him, close the door. So he closes the door and he sits down and I just took five minutes just to vent. And I'm feeling like this, 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 and this. And he just sat there and listened to me. And that's all I needed, right? I just needed somebody to listen. And after that, I felt better. I didn't go away, but I could see a little bit more clearly how I could go about taking care of all the different things I I had going on. And uh, so this episode comes at a good time for me because I was just feeling very emotional in a lot of different ways. Uh, just but I yesterday.
1: Think that's what that's what makes us human, right? I mean, we are human. We experience all kinds of emotions. And as teachers, we experience positive emotions and negative emotions and, you know, excitement one minute and then mm-hmm. maybe not anger, but just a little bit of frustration yeah. when, you know, students don't necessarily do what we ask them to do or you know, they contradict us or whatever it is, whatever the reason is. But we do feel all kinds of RANGES OF EMOTIONS, AND THAT'S NORMAL AND WE'RE HUMAN. AND I THINK A VERY IMPORTANT PART of, OF BEING A TEACHER IS ALSO BEING VULNERABLE WITH OUR STUDENTS AND KIND OF SHOWING THEM, LIKE, LOOK, I MEAN, I FEEL SAD OR THIS IS this is KIND OF HOW I FEEL AND THIS IS WHY I FEEL THAT WAY, um, BUT THAT'S OKAY, RIGHT? THERE'S SOME, uh, I MEAN, I'm THERE'S TOOLS TO HELP US, YOU KNOW, HANDLE OUR EMOTIONS AND WE CAN BE IN CONTROL OF THEM, BUT I DO LOVE THIS ASPECT OF LET'S BE VULNERABLE AND LET'S SHOW OUR STUDENTS THAT WE ARE HUMAN AND WE CONNECT WITH THEM THAT WAY BECAUSE THE SAME EMOTIONS THAT WE'RE FEELING, THEY MIGHT BE FEELING AS WELL. AND WITH THE VENTING PART, I THINK that's, IT'S SO IMPORTANT TO HAVE SOMEONE TO VENT TO, yeah. RIGHT? AND NOT NECESSARILY TO COMPLAIN ABOUT THE SITUATION, BUT TO KIND OF SAY, like, HEY, THIS IS WHAT I'M FEELING AND I'VE HAD THIS EXPERIENCE AND IT DIDN'T GO VERY WELL. IT'S KIND OF LIKE I SEE IT IN A, in a WAY MORE OF A, of a REFLECTION Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a way, I mean, sometimes we just vent and complain, and that's fine too. But um, it's also kind of um, a way for us to reflect. And as we talk about it, we're like, "Oh, yeah, I could have handled that a little better," or um, "Yeah, I didn't express really my my intention or my my reasoning or whatever um, in a in a good way, so that the students can you know understand where I'm coming from." So, yeah, I think it's I think it's normal. I think it's good for us to experience these emotions. It gives us the opportunity to understand our students a little better because we go through the same things.
2: Right. Go ahead, Ben.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, um, I've never complained or vented to Maria, ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, never. Um, her office used to be down the hall from mine just recently, and I taught yesterday. And as I was walking out, the first thing I thought was, I've got to go tell Maria about my class today. <laughs> And when I got down here, it took me, like, walking the stairs to realize that she wasn't down here, and I was, I was feeling really sad. It's not like anything bad happened. There were some good things that happened, and there were some not-so-good things that happened, but it's always good to talk to someone. The other thing I was going to say, I, I, I'm not going to disagree that we're human, because we are, but I think it's even fair to say that teachers are also superhumans, because teachers do so much. And I'm not t- saying that... We three are so awesome, and we're superhumans. But but we are in general teachers are but doing are. things that are beyond what, what well other humans do.
2: When you when you just think about regulating all the different emotions in class, that's that's a skill that's superhuman, right? Yeah, you have to go in there, and you have to pretend like everything is good, and that you don't have any th- issues going on, and do the best that you can to help your students learn whatever you're you know, teaching at the moment. So yeah, there's an aspect of being superhuman a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I For feel sure. like
1: sometimes we have like a split second to make that decision of like, okay, I got to decide which way am I going, right? So you you just have a split second to, to make that decision. And I think that's a very, very important um, part of you being know,
2: in a classroom. What you were saying, Maria, kind of helps me, reminds me of uh, some of the things that I used to share with uh teachers that I trained before you know we've all done teacher training Um, and one of the things that I always share with teachers is like when you're teaching you're kind of this is kind of weird okay and I always (laughs) tell people it's a little bit weird the way I the way I see it when you're teaching is almost like this out-of-body experience where you're watching yourself teach and that's when you have the split second to see what's going on and to make a decision On which direction you want to take which route you want to go and how you can uh, redirect the course of the lesson so you're kind of just watching you do all these things interact with the students uh, monitor your emotions and also keep an eye on your students emotions as well and like you said it's just a split second to make decisions is that weird weird? auto body experience
0: (laughs) no it's not weird it makes sense right It does make sense.
2: It makes a lot of
0: sense. Good job. Great comment. Way way to be. Um, So I kind of want to change gears just a little bit because I saw some things from an article where they looked at five different emotions, joy, love, sadness, anger, and fear. Joy, love, sadness, anger, and fear. These being five suggested emotions that teachers feel. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ever do any reading into emotions, you, you might have seen the emotion wheel, so anger encompasses a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had them rate when they felt these. Teachers emotions, right? Like which one they felt the most, which one they felt the least. I'm curious to know what you guys think is the answer. Which one do you think they say they felt the most?
1: Wait, read the five again.
0: Love, joy anger sadness fear
1: oh
2: Oh, man they're all good answers Um,
0: (laughs) well let me let me give you a hint think about the best teachers you know what would their answer be
1: joy
2: probably joy or love
0: joy was the number one Mm -hmm. emotion that they indicated that they felt what do you think is the one that they felt the least anger anger Nope, it wasn't anger. Sadness?
2: Wasn't sadness. Oh, man. Don't tell me it's love. It was love.
0: No. Oh, no. Isn't that crazy?
1: No, now, I can't. Granted, in, the list. in this no. study,
0: it was a specific context. So there might be some cultural things that went on to it. But the, the data is pretty interesting. Yeah. And I I have a little bit of, I have a hard time with this. This is why I want to bring it I up. Because yeah. I wanted to see completely. Maria's face. <laughs> So I think we're fair to say that we've heard it both ways on this one, right? Yes, we have. We've heard it this way and we've heard it the right way.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Which is the right way is everybody has different emotions and reacts in different ways. And the culture of the the country, the culture of the institution, all can have an impact. Yes. Um, For me, I think the emotion that I feel most, is it, it might be love. That I feel because I'm right there with the students and I can it's like they're working hard I'm trying to help them I know they have struggles I know this person is having issues with family Mm -hmm. or roommates I know what's going on and so I feel like you know what I just feel a lot of love for these people
2: um one thing I think I agree with love um we're we're all both all of us are parents here and I was sharing with my students not long ago, we were having a moment in class, right? And we were (laughs) open, sharing feelings. And I shared with them that, you know, when you begin to see your students as humans, as people with great talents and abilities, you're more likely to do everything you can to help them And I think for me personally, one thing that has helped me to see my students in that way is being a parent, being a father. You know, it's so strange because my daughters are very, very young and my students are, you know, in their 20s. And sometimes I look at them and I see my girls. It's so strange. And sometimes I see my students and I see them as little kids. As their parents would see them and that puts everything into a whole different perspective because suddenly I can visualize what their parents want for them you know all the dreams and aspirations that their families have for them and that changes everything right for me that has happened over the last you know three and a half years that I've been a, a father right I'm curious if you guys have experienced anything similar to that
0: well, I just have to say one is on a roll this this episode I've been
2: like, emotional, maybe that's why yeah, emotional. Emotional. <laughs> um,
1: I think I have seen that um, the same thing. Um, I mean, I have a teenager, right so mm. I'm not I mean a lot of the students that I've had, especially recently, are maybe eighteen or nineteen, um, and I see kind of a resemblance between my teenager son and them. And the fact that I'm experiencing life with my teenager and trying to understand him helps me understand my students as well, kind of see where they're coming from, kind of try to understand their culture and their lives in our society today. That's a huge help for me to kind of know how to handle different things. Because they're living living a completely different life than Mm -hmm. I have lived at their age. And trying to understand that, see see that through their um, that lens is really really helpful.
0: So wait a minute, your childhood and your teenage years are different from the childhood and <gasps> teenage years of your children.
1: What? How is that possible? How is that
0: possible? <laughs> well, for me, um, this is this is the biggest thing for me. Um, I realize that with my children, I I don't judge them by their actions because a lot of everything that they some of the negative things that they do are just a result of trauma. And so then when I see students and they're doing something that, like, why are you making these choices that are giving you such poor grades? Why are you not paying attention? Why are you sleeping? The thing that comes to mind is I don't know what, what's going on. I don't know their backstory,
2: story.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think being a parent has helped me with that a lot, to be able to say, I, you know, they're – their experience is not the same as mine mm-hmm. and we don't know what they've gone through True. so it's i th- yeah that's a really good point Juan good job
2: that's my contribution for today
0: <laughs> no 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 you still need to talk some more i'm sure there's other things that we need to talk about with teacher emotion like for example i okay this is the thing that i love talking about is Teacher your emotion and the way it impacts students and vice versa. But let, let me just give you a little example. You're in a classroom and the students are sleepy and bored. Well, mm-hmm. if you actually go to the, the color wheel, if you look at that, sleepy falls under sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that they're sad. I'm not saying that means they're sad. But there's obviously a lack of engagement on their part. So the teacher has really two choices. They can adapt their emotions to the students, or they can be where they want their students to be. Not expecting them to reach the same energy, Mm -hmm. but just adding that energy to the classroom. Um, I'm sure both of you have taught classes where the energy is so low. Mm -hmm and you're tired and you're worn yeah. out and it's like okay do i just kind of take it easy or do i put on my my sunday best and put on a show right mm-hmm. to, to get them motivated and engaged
1: i think one of the best compliments that i've gotten from my students regarding my teaching or you know my classes is when at the end of the class um, I SAY, OKAY, WELL, THANKS FOR COMING TODAY. THANKS FOR YOUR PARTICIPATION. CLASS IS OVER. AND THEY LOOK AT THE CLOCK AND THEY'RE LIKE, WAIT, CLASS IS OVER? HOW DID THAT HAPPEN? TIME FLEW BY. WE WERE HAVING SO MUCH FUN. AND SERIOUSLY, that was the, THAT'S THE BEST COMPLIMENT THAT I CAN EVER GET uh, FROM MY STUDENTS. AND I THINK GOING BACK TO THE EMOTIONS THAT WE FEEL, uh, we feel um, AND TALKING ABOUT THAT WHEEL OR WHAT YOU BROUGHT UP, um, I THINK WHAT I FEEL THE MOST IS uh, WHEN I TEACH IS EXCITEMENT but exc- this excitement is fed by uh, passion for teaching mm-hmm. and also love for my students. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, um, that makes it a little easier for me to just walk into a classroom and be all excited because it is my passion. It is what I love to do, the m- probably not the most, but it is what I love to do, um, and it's very helpful that way. But I have gone into classrooms, into my classes sometimes, and the students are, like you said, very low energy, AND AGAIN, WE'RE GOING BACK TO THAT. I HAVE A SPLIT SECOND Mm -hmm. TO DECIDE, OKAY, WHAT DO I WANT TO DO WITH THIS? BECAUSE CLEARLY SOMETHING NEEDS TO BE DONE, BUT DO I HAVE THE ENERGY TO DO WHAT IT TAKES TO GET MY STUDENTS TO WAKE UP uh, AND BE WILLING TO PARTICIPATE? OR um, DO I JUST KIND OF GO WITH THE FLOW AND SEE WHAT HAPPENS, RIGHT? Um, SO WE DO HAVE TO MAKE DECISIONS um, LIKE THAT. AND OBVIOUSLY, I MEAN, THERE'S NO NEED TO SAY IT, but when I've shown excitement, when I show, I've shown passion for what I do, that helps my students um, also get excited and maybe not to the same level as I get because I can get pretty crazy, um, but um, it's kind of fun to see, to see how my attitude helps their attitude.
0: Didn't you have a boss that said that your energy <laughs> is both infuriating and invigorating? I did.
1: Wow. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, agree with that. You are just listening. Maria was pointing at Juan.
1: <laughs> oh, me? Why was it?
0: So my foot fell asleep. What does that mean? Should I do anything about it? You I probably need to. Yeah. It. Is it? Do you feel
1: I, pokes uh, in your foot?
0: Yes, I do. Okay, so we've talked. I we want to wrap up here in a little bit, but we've talked a lot about. Um, so. Don't anyone think that I just read articles for fun, because really, I just looked up a few Well, you few are things. kind of
1: a nerd. I know you read articles, I, so just I admit it. I am a nerd. It. Just, just, just come true. out and say it.
0: I, sure, I'm a nerd. But um, in the best Jun way Jun, possible. In the best way possible, yes. Jun Jun Chen published a few articles that I looked up. And one of them, she talks about teacher emotion in Bronfenbrenner's ecological framework. And so far, we've been talking about microsystem. We've been talking about students, family, and friends. But the next one is the mesosystem, which is colleagues and administrators. Mm-hmm. The exosystem would be parents and organizations. And the macrosystem would be socio, social, cultural, and political factors, and then the chronosystem type. So that, that's a lot of words and a lot of things going on there. But how, how do our emotions impact, let's say, our colleagues, for example? Oh, I know. I know. Maria <laughs> was feeling sleepy when she got here, but now she's awake because of me.
1: <laughs> Definitely because of you. Had I had mean, everything
0: to do with that.
1: <laughs> yes, I was feeling sleepy. That's true. But I feel better now. I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it's, it's interesting.
1: <laughs> I mean, talking about this, I don't know, it kind of makes me think of our... So he, um, here at our institution, we used to have what we called... Hallway meetings, right Someone would go and talk to someone else in the office next door, and then everyone would come out and we would start a conversation about that. and it was such a positive, um, edifying experience and conversations, and we would kind of like help each other through you know whatever issues or concerns or happy moments. Um, and I think that has to do a lot. like we, we got to influence each other um, that way. And that was a very positive um, experience for me and I think for, for everyone else here, um, just kind of being there for each other and understanding. Because we understand each other, right? We're going through the same things, having the same emotions um, every day, pretty much. Um, and just being able to talk about them and being able to share those moments and with someone that truly understands uh, where we're coming from and what we're feeling, it's, it's invigorating. Yeah.
0: It really is. We we don't do hallway meetings anymore. They've been discontinued.
1: <gasps> now that I left.
0: Yep, yeah, uh, we realized that it was causing a problem. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I we we you're have serious hallway. Why would I be serious? I hallway don't know. meetings are the
0: best. It's always so good to talk to your colleagues. It's great. You know what? And even texting, people yeah. and just that's that's great. I really think that our colleagues have a huge impact on our emotion as teachers. And I feel sorry for all the teachers who teach in isolation, all the teachers who don't feel like they connect with their, their colleagues, because this to me is one of the greatest things that can help you regulate both in and outside of the classroom.
2: I think it's really important that whatever organization we're working for has opportunities for teachers, colleagues to come together in the non work environment, and get to know each other a little bit better it doesn't have to happen it doesn't have to happen all the time it doesn't have to be this huge thing, but when you get together outside of work, you get to know each other a little bit better and then you're a little bit more comfortable you know having those hallway meetings yeah. and being able to be more open and share some of the struggles that you're having that semester um, It really does add to the experience at work makes you feel like you're part of a community and that you're not doing it that you're not doing everything on your own I feel like
0: I agree I agree completely and what you're talking about okay I'm gonna be a nerd for a second but she could say the exact same thing that I'm about to say Martin Seligman the Mm -hmm. the kind of father of positive psychology the third pillar in positive psychology research and the whole framework is positive institutions, mm-hmm. which is an area that I'm very interested into looking into and doing research, but I think that's exactly what you touched on. a positive institution makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is what is a positive institution and how do you how do you measure it? How do you define oh this place is a positive place or not? is it are there certain things that happen? Is it the people? Those mm-hmm. are all questions that we definitely need to be asked. I was talking the other day about um, with someone about going to work somewhere else, like, what that would be like. And I said, oh, going to work somewhere else, I wouldn't know what my colleagues were like, and so I'd have to train them all over again to be fun. (laughs) You know, I don't know what I'd be getting into. um, But I do think that people have such a huge impact on positive institutions. And I know for me, uh, like, having worked here for a while, um... I have seen there's been so many people that have impacted me and my emotional um, my ability to emotionally regulate as a teacher and as a human being um, I read something else when I was skimming through some of the things that one of the one of the key ideas of emotional competence is balance emotional mm-hmm. balance which in the terms of teaching means that you have balance between the different parts of your life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because I'm sure both of us have met teachers. Maybe we've even gone through this in, in parts of our lives where teaching was everything, and we spent tons of time—more time than we needed to—because um, that was and, and doesn't create balance. Or maybe there's times you know we don't do yeah. exercise or something.
1: I think that's easier said than done. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the. I mean some people have the luxury of you know leaving work at work and getting home and just dealing with things at home and kind of take a break from that that teaching but i'm looking at the uh, my kids teachers we get emails you know from the different um, at midnight right yes that they've graded this assignment or they've posted this thing and all i feel when i get those emails is WOW, POOR TEACHERS. LOOK AT THE TIME, AND THEY'RE WORKING AND THEY'RE GRADING AND THEY'RE MAKING SURE THAT MY, my SON'S ASSIGNMENT OR MY DAUGHTER'S you know, WORK HAS BEEN GRADED AND HAS GOTTEN FEEDBACK. Uh, AND THAT'S IMPRESSIVE. THAT'S SOMETHING THAT I ADMIRE IN A LOT OF, of PEOPLE. AND I, I CAN'T HELP BUT THINK OF HOW DO THEY DO IT? HOW DO THEY DO IT? BECAUSE YOU DO NEED A BREAK FROM THIS, BUT A LOT OF THEM DO NOT HAVE THE OPPORTUNITY TO. Really take a break.
0: Well, and also, I I totally agree with what you're saying, but I'm just going to disagree with you for a minute. No, not really. I agree with you. Um, I also think that for some, we can't always make assumptions that because they're sending stuff at 12 o'clock, maybe they uh, left early to go skiing, and they had spent all afternoon and get back at the end of the day, and they can't sleep, and they want to do it so we don't know but the point is we do know that there are teachers who are giving so much of their time just to help their students which is amazing
2: i think kind of what you were saying earlier ben um, just having balance right Um, in your life and everything that you do um, i think there's a lot of great teachers that put in extra time more than I do certainly Um, but for me it's all about making sure that I balance my work and my personal life so I can be a little bit more emotionally stable because if I'm I'm just speaking from my experience right if I'm taking work home that creates you know things are not very balanced in that way if I'm bringing issues from home to work That's also going to create some issues, right? So, uh, you know, early in my career, I kind of made a conscious decision to, you know, when I'm at work, I'm at work, and when I'm home, I'm home. And it doesn't always lead to emotional balance, not all the times, but for the most part, I feel like that's helped me to regulate a little bit better. Uh, Sometimes, like this week, it just doesn't work very well. Uh, and I think it just has to do with all the different things that us teachers have going on, right? It's not just going to class, right? There's a whole lot of other things that go on behind scenes that most people don't get to see.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, I think this has been a great episode. I I don't know if we have more we want to say for today. Um, talking about the next episode, we have a few different topics we could talk about. Avoiding burnout. that be our next one? Sure. All right. So thanks for listening or watching. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Um, We'll also be on YouTube soon, so you can subscribe there. We hope that this is helpful for you, and we'll see you on the next one talking about how to avoid burnout. Man, I don't even know how to avoid burnout. Um, We'll We'll find out next week. What's that?
2: I said we'll find out next week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll find out when we start recording how to avoid burnout. No, that's going to be my homework assignment. Oh, to, yeah. There you go.
2: Yeah, yours too. Oh,
1: you have to okay. do it too.
0: You too, Wong.
2: Okay, I'll do okay, we
0: one. Okay, ha- We have to learn how to avoid burnout in a week. Okay, I think on that note, we're going to end. Thanks for listening or watching.
1: See ya. Bye. Thank you.